Welcome to the Serviced Accommodation Property Podcast. This podcast by Kevin Paneskis, also known as the Property Soldier, covers all aspects of serviced accommodation and how to make it a profitable and sustainable business. Kevin started investing in property in 1991 whilst serving in the British Army and now owns a multi-million pound property portfolio and serviced accommodation business and is a best-selling author. And now your host, Kevin Paneskis. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Service Accommodation Property Podcast. Now, it's a little bit different today in that those of you listening uh, to the podcast, it's it's going to be slightly different in that I'm actually going to be doing a mentoring coaching call with somebody. I don't know what the questions are going to be, and I'm just going to answer those questions as I would normally do in a mentoring session when I'm mentoring some of my service accommodation uh, clients or delegates. And I'm also videoing this, not on a Facebook Live or anything like that. I'm just videoing it and I might put it out as a Facebook post or LinkedIn or something like that. So just just testing something new. So I might make reference to the video. I might make reference to the podcast, but just just bear with me on that. You, You understand exactly what I'm doing. I haven't gone completely crazy. So on the call, I've got uh, Nuno. Um, say hi, Nuno. Hello, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Um, yes. Yeah, so, Nuno, you've uh, I've selected you from a cast of thousands to uh, to be interviewed. I did a Facebook post, didn't I, and just said, you know, if you reply yes, please, uh, to having a mentoring call that gets recorded for the podcast. Um, if you say yes, please, then I'll just scroll. I actually just scrolled and where it landed, it landed, and then just picked somebody uh, from the list. And so, yeah, I gave you a. Uh, uh, a heads up that I'd be calling you today to do this call and uh, so you, you're fully uh, in the picture of how this is working Nuno yeah yeah absolutely okay fantastic so I also managed to uh, to acquire a cold last night during the night so um, feeling a bit uh, got a bit of a man cold as we know how debilitating those those are but uh, I'm going to soldier on I'm going to plough on because I said I would do it so uh, you've got to do what you say in business absolutely Okay, Nuno. So, hit me with it. What? Um, tell me a little bit about yourself. Where you? Where you're from? Whatever you want to. You want to tell me about yourself and um, what you would like help with. So, I think from our chat just before this call, uh, just before we went live, you mentioned that you were initially thinking about going into buy to let, but where you're from, that you've decided that that's uh, not going to be uh, suitable for you. Was that right? Am I getting that right? That's right, Kev. Um, I've look, um, obviously, I've looked down um, uh, other strategies and I've come up with, in my area, SA would re- work really well. I'm in the tourist tourist area uh, with loads of infrastructure going on at the minute. And what, roughly, um, where where is that? And, sorry? What, roughly, where is that? Sorry. Uh, that's in Bournemouth, Dorset. Okay, and so... Because of Bournemouth, Dorset, I mean, we know I know there's some really expensive areas down there. So you've got a uh, pool, etc., sandbanks, haven't you? Um, but um, I know the property prices um, are quite high. Yeah. Is that why once you looked into it, you decided that uh, buy to let? Were you just thinking it's going to be a bit slow to get the sort of cash flow that you need? Was, was am I right? Absolutely. In- okay. Absolutely. And I thought SA is a great, great way to get your cash flow going, especially on rent and rent to SA basis. Understood. Yeah. Okay. Rent to SA. So you've mentioned that. So what is it? Um, 
I'm, I'm sort of guessing that you're you're thinking about rent to SA as being a, a solution to be getting some cash flow in. Um, is that right? That's correct. Yeah. Okay. So, okay, what is it you would like to know, Nuno? Hit me with it. Um, first of all, I'd like to know. I've drawn up a pitch um, that I've got help with. Um, just wondering how to approach and obviously how to pitch to the letting agents. Okay, yeah, so you've mentioned a pitch to a letting agent. That's yes. that's fine. So clearly there's there's two ways of acquiring rent to SA properties. Now, I do like to I've sort of coin the, the phrase rent to SA um, to differentiate between rent to rent. Some yeah. people used to say rent to rent, serviced accommodation, but um, um, to, to sort of um create more of a gap between uh, rent to rent service combination I, I like the term rent to sa more because they're clearly two very different strategies rent to rent being being renting a property and predominantly using that as a multi let okay so rent to sa well, that's what we that's what we're talking about yeah. and you can acquire them from letting agents but also you can acquire them from landlords so direct i'll landlords, direct yeah. to landlords yeah absolutely uh, but i'll i'll cover Letting agents first, then. Now, um, why is it um, you have, or you seem to have, have lent towards letting agents um, first before going to landlords? Is there any particular reason for that? I mean, there's, there's, there's there are reasons for it, but um, I'm just interested to hear what uh, your view uh, on that is. Uh, I just thought it might be the easier way in. Obviously, you can see the properties on right move and similar sites. Uh, and obviously, you can see the properties. Okay, yeah. Uh, so see how, long, see how long they've been actually in. Uh, how long they've been um, on the page for? Are months, days, weeks? Which gives you a certain idea if they're renting out or not. Which in turn would probably help the landlords. Okay, no, no, yeah, understood. And so it's a it's a phrase I like to use, which is going shopping for property and specifically shopping for assets not liabilities and so we can all go online and go shopping and, and literally find properties from letting agents that are are good to go um, in service for service accommodation so the reason why I really like it don't get me wrong I do it direct to landlord too but I'll come to that shortly is you can actually find property that is already furnished yeah. and so Let's let's just dis if you can get a property furnished that is already looking lovely and show home condition yeah. from a letting agent, then let's do a comparison between um, traditional property investing type models that I have done for many many years, um, which is you know buying a property significant deposit, uh, refurb you know the conveyancing the process. Um, then getting the builders in, uh, doing all the uh, the refurbishment, and and then refinancing it, uh, you know, etc. To you know, you could use it as buy to let, you could use it as HMO, you could use it as service combination. But there's a, there's a, a lot of time and money involved in the traditional yeah. way of, of property investing. But rent to SA via letting agents sort of bypasses all that. You can literally get your keys on a Friday and be showing in your guests same day or the next day. Um, and um, so 
let's let's just dis, you know discuss the difference between rent to SA and uh, rent to rent. So rent to rent is you know turning it into a multi-let. Well, yeah, you're going to rent the property, but then you're going to be talking about stud partition walls, fire alarm systems, fire doors, often a rewire of the property. So um, significant outlay there. So rent to SA. Via a letting agent, how to talk to letting agents. So this is this is really really fundamental because this is the this is how to get the door open with letting yeah. agents. Now a lot of people, because they they don't understand service accommodation themselves, how on earth can they explain it properly to a letting agent? And also. The problem with letting agents is that, and estate agents, and, and let's face it, anyone in, in any business industry, they want to come across as being extremely knowledgeable about the subject. And therefore, they're closed off. Their ears are closed and they're not actually listening. They just have a, a preconceived idea. So you have to be very skillful with talking to letting agents and how you put across what it is you are intending to do. So the other thing that I'm going to say on this is that it's not one size fits all and you have to use your instinct depending on who you're talking to as a letting agent. Now, you might be talking to somebody on the phone or in person that started the day before. And again, they're going to try and come across as knowledgeable as they possibly can and that, that 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 poses challenges. And then the other end of the spectrum, they might be extremely experienced and they may or may not be knowledgeable about serviced accommodation. So it, it presents certain challenges and you've got to use your instincts on how to talk to them. Now then, I'm just going to use talk about some generic ways to talk about them and you might decide to, to choose different ways. Okay. Now, what I always do is I don't want to waste too much of my time and the letting agent's time if it is a non-starter. Now, sometimes it depends, you know, I might not be available to go into the letting agent. So sometimes I'll do it on the phone. Sometimes I will go into the letting agents. And again, that might come down to an individual's, you know, appetite or or how confident they are. And I will always say this particular property, if I've targeted a property, will the landlord do a company let? So that's quite important because this is using terminology and language that the letting agents understand for a start. Yeah. Now, the landlord might only be willing to to let to a family because the landlords have a perception. They might have a perception that a company let is is not something that they want to do. They might just want to let to a family. Now, that's fine. But and but if the answer is yes, then you're you're going to the next stage. So if the the letting agent might say to you, yes. Uh, and what company are you? Ha- what are you going to want to use the property for? Now, then, this is another key area. Now, before speaking to the letting agent, I'm sort of going to backtrack a little bit. You need to establish some credibility, especially if you are a newbie. Yeah. Because if you don't, if you're not operating already service accommodation, then how do you get your first one? So what you can do is you can speak to businesses in your area. Now, this could be hospitals, this could be universities, this could be local companies. Okay, so what is the industry in your local area? You can Google this stuff and find out. Largest employers, Bournemouth, etc. And you can literally phone them up and ask to speak to the person 
whose responsibility it is to book accommodation for visiting guests, clients, employees, etc. Is this all? You, yeah. Is all making sense so far, Nuno? Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Now, when you get to speak to this person, do you know what? You might not get to speak to that person. But you know, how much does it cost you? How much does it hurt you? You know, some no. some people won't even pick up a phone or go do any out of their comfort zone stuff and expect everything to land in their lap in property. And and you know, it, it if it was that easy, everyone would be doing it. That's yeah, the plus absolutely. side, as far that as I'm concerned. That doesn't happen. No. Yeah. So you know, you speak to somebody, and if you if you make enough calls, you're going to get to speak to somebody. Now, the yeah. script when you are speaking to this person is that you can provide an alternative to hotels for their visiting staff, employees, guests. Okay? Yeah. And you you provide serviced accommodation as an alternative to hotels. And you could give them an example of a two-bed, three-bed property. Once you've done your numbers, done your due diligence, there's other episodes on, on this podcast, and, and, and obviously I train people on this in, in classrooms, but how to do your due diligence to work out roughly the per night rates, etc. And so you can be saying, look, Monday to Friday, we could accommodate uh, three people. They could have their own bedroom or, or one person on a sofa bed and two separate bedrooms um, in a property that's fully furnished, um, you know, Cleaning and laundry get, is taken care of. Teas, coffees presented like like a, a hotel, and you could give them an example price for a Monday to Friday for those three people. Now that's going to okay. represent a significant saving on a hotel because that might be three hotel rooms, and yeah. so you're instantly going to be getting the person's attention. Now then, one of the things they might do is say, "Oh, have you got a website?" Now, there's nothing wrong with you setting up a website in advance of you getting your first service accommodation units, okay? You can be showing the type of rooms that you are going to uh, make available, okay? And you can get, get someone to create a website for you. If you're really serious, you know, you can get a uh, you can get fully set up, ready to take payments. You can have a channel manager, a... Um, uh, payment provider, um, etc. You know, like Stripe and uh, WellPay, etc. You can have all that set up on the website with photos of the type of accommodation. So that's that's the sort of thing. If they do say, "Can you send me uh, a link to your website?" You can do it. But here's the thing: if you can just get this person's name and that they are definitely interested, then what you have got is is social proof of the business in your area. So you know that there's demand. Okay. Now then, when you're speaking to the letting agent, you can say to the letting agent that you've spoken to so-and-so at, you know, BMW, who deals with the accommodation. You can just name drop the different companies and say that they have demand. You might really hit on a an absolute goldmine in that you might speak to a, a construction company who says, oh, goodness, yeah, they've, they've got 100 people coming to do the... the, the um, uh, the project, the development project down the road, they God knows where they're going to all stay, and you're the solution to the problem, and you can you okay. can you can save them a lot of money. Now, all of a sudden, you're going to be very very excited and motivated to go to the letting agent because guess what? You need to source accommodation for your corporate clients. You've legitimately yeah. got corporate clients. Are you with me? Yeah. You with me so far? Yes. Yeah? Okay. So once you've got that, then it's definitely worth going to speaking speaking to the letting agents and you're name dropping the different companies. Now then, 
Another thing that I suggest that people do is try to hook up with other service accommodation providers in the area. So if you if a service accommodation provider, and this happens to me all the time, we've got SAs in Plymouth, in Swansea, in Banbury, uh, and then we, we manage service accommodation across the country with different joint venture partners. Now, if somebody comes to me and my team and says that, can we take a booking that they can't take? What do you think my response to that is going to be? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, fine. So if you're phoning up a different SA provider and you can you can just connect with them, you know, if they're on Airbnb, you can private message them, etc. Uh, Airbnb is the easiest way to, to just connect with them. And or, you know, you go to their website and then you can connect with them and you can just say, look, you've you've spoken to different companies already and they've got demand. Uh, You may or may not be able to 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 take them. But if if you can't take bookings, would they be interested? So you've got their attention, haven't you? So you give that some win-win situation. Yeah, 100%. Now then, the reason why I'm also talking about this is because sometimes it's very, very rare, but what you should say to the letting agent is they are welcome to come and have a look at the type of property that you would be providing for your corporate clients, okay? They can come and have a look. Now, this hasn't once happened, actually, for, for me and my team or for the people that I mentor, but if they said, yes, that's that would be fine. Now, they're very busy people, so this is why they don't say yes. But if they say, OK, fine, yeah, I'll come and have a look, you could say, OK, let me find out the availability. Uh, you know, I can only do it in between guests, etc. Then you can phone up the um, other SA operator potentially and say, you know, would it be all right to have a look around? OK. Yeah, I've got you. Yeah. Now, worst case scenario is you 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 go back to the letting agent and say, okay, um, that's not not possible. It's fully booked for six months or whatever it is you say to the letting agent. Yeah. But do you know what? I just find that having the the ability to say, okay, let me arrange that for you, is just it makes you relax as an individual when you're saying to the letting agent, would you have a, like to have a look at the type of properties that we we provide? Okay. Is this all making oh, yeah. sense so far? Absolutely. Yeah. So absolutely. That, so the letting agent is... I'm sorry to interrupt, Nuna. Go, go ahead. No, I was, I was doing it the other way around. Going to the letting agent would be going to the letting agent. But that, what you've just said, it makes more sense. See if the demand... So you've already got the demand and then, you know, you're off. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's great. Yeah, so it's sort of doing it a different... Reverse engineering it um, is a different yeah. way of doing it and it makes it so yeah. much easier. Yeah. So here, then we're going to get into the... Nice scenario where the letting agent... Now, not all letting agents are going to get it. Some some will say yes straight away. Um, I, I find that the smaller independents are more likely to say yes, but that's not to say that the, the bigger corporate ones won't because we, we've done it through, you know, agents like Belvoir um, and we've, you know, we've shown them that we've got six-month bookings from hospitals and, and different companies. Uh, DVLA, you know, off the top of my head, uh, Amazon. We've had nice long uh, corporate lets um, and we've just sourced them via the letting agents for that. Okay. So, so then you're going to get into being able to answer certain questions that the letting agents or overcome certain objections that the letting agents may or may not have. So here's what they will quite often say to you is we, we're going to need to know every single different person that's coming in and out of the property. Now, the reason why they say that to you 
It, I mean, let's, that is a non-starter. That's, that can't happen. That's going to be far too much admin and, and a, a complete pain. So you, you're not going to want to go down that route. The reason why they say that to you is because of what's called right-to-rent checks in, in that inside the Housing Act, they have to establish who is living in the property. Well, service accommodation sits outside of the Housing Act and it's a company let. And so the right-to-rent checks don't apply. So the reason why I actually prefer addressing this issue before they say it because once they say it they sometimes dig their heels in yeah. so i will say you know the the way we're going to be using the property the good news is um it sits outside of the housing act so the right to rent checks don't apply and the reason why they don't apply is because it's no one's principal prime residence okay yeah now they will understand that so for so if it's someone's principal prime residence then they're going to need a, an AST and a short hold tenancy agreement. It's going to be a minimum of six months. Now, because on an AST, yes, you just do right to rent checks, etc. That's what they're thinking. They are preconditioned because that's what most of their business is to think that all of their lets have to uh, apply um, and they have to do right to rent checks. So you can you can bat that one off before it even gets raised. Are you, you with me so far, Nuno? Absolutely, yeah. So you don't have to worry about right to rent checks. And the other thing that you need to, I hear a lot of people getting this wrong, is you want to be using their company let agreement. Okay. Now they will have spent money and they will have had their solicitors, etc. draw up their company let agreement. Now, what some people do is they say, oh, I want you to use my agreement that I've had downloaded off the internet or, or someone's given to me, etc. That's not going to wash. They're not going to like that. That's going to that's going to be a flag to them. So there's nothing wrong with using their company let agreement, but you're going to need to have a look at it and change certain things if necessary. So, you know, if it says in there, um, notify the agent every time someone changes, that needs amending. Um the, the, the main thing that I see in a company let agreement um, that uh, you need to make sure is, is amended is that it's not going to be for your employees, okay? The property is going to be for your clients. So nine times out of ten, a company let agreement is going to say the property is going to be used for my employees. So you sign, you, you're signing it on behalf of your company and the property is going to be used for your um employees is what it will say you need to change that okay and and literally the the best time to change that is when you're about to sign for the property and you're about to to pay the the rent and deposit because that's when the agent's about to get paid so don't raise that really early on you 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 have explained it yeah you have explained it early on that it's going to be used for your clients and so they, that should not be an issue for them. If you were saying, look, I just, we just need to amend this now, cross that out, sign it, and change it to uh, clients, okay? So you do that at that stage. Now then, because you're a newbie, we need to sort of backtrack again. And let's face it, it's going to be a brand new company, nine times out of ten. And I would suggest you actually open a new company because it's so much easier. If some people use their existing companies and it's difficult to... Uh, separate them for tax. So some companies are investing, some companies are trading. The service combination is trading. 
And um, so I would suggest you have a nice, clean, new company, um, and unless you've got a, an existing property company that you can re-roll, um, that, that's suitable. But you take advice from an accountant on that. Now then, yeah. so you've got a brand new company, and... The, the script for that is that, you know, well, for people that uh, I, I train, I, I get them. Uh, I'm happy to actually call agents for people that I train, people that come to my courses. And I will because it's often true. We quite often joint venture with people. They are my business partner, but they're opening up in that particular town. They're yeah. going to be running the company. So it's a brand new company. So there's no trading history. OK, but that's that's pretty much the script is you're you're opening up. A brand new company in in the town, okay. And yeah. th- the reason why you need to say that is because they are going to want to credit check the company. Now they won't do it personally. They normally outsource this to a credit checking agency. Van Milder, I think, is a, is a, a one that quite often pops up for us. And they will then see that the company has not been trading trading for long, and that the the turnover is low and it doesn't fit through the threshold. So. But you've already raised this and highlighted that this is going to be the case. So this won't come back as a surprise when the credit reference agency tells the letting agent that, that the company hasn't passed referencing. Are you following me so far? Absolutely. Okay. 100%. So all that you do then, now before you tell them that it's unlikely to pass uh, credit referencing, the letting agent isn't that bothered because you're going to pay them a fee for the referencing. So they're going to get some money, OK, whilst they're still able to charge these fees. Um, and so they're still going to get paid. So there's no skin off their nose. Now, when it comes, you, what you do is you explain to them that when it comes back from the credit reference agency, you or one of your business partners will stand as the guarantor. OK, okay. now the guarantor just needs to be credit worthy. You, you know, you you just have to not have list of long as you know CCJs, etc. You have to um, your credit score needs to be decent with Experian, Equifax, etc. Um, to be able to pass the guarantor check. Okay, now that's that's that has been the solution for when we first started out and for people that we're training to get over that hurdle. Okay. Now, some letting agents may say, well, OK, we're going to want six months uh, rent in advance or, or something, a larger deposit. Now, I, I've actually advised people to walk away from some deals and they've ended up with better deals as a result of work, walking away from the first one because that's a big chunk of cash to have to put down six months in advance, etc. So guess what? You make a decision whether or not to do that or not. It might be you might make a decision for your first one. And then when you show the letting agent that you are true to your word and you're looking after the property and paying your rent on time and, you know, all those things, uh, they may well waive that six months uh, rent um, in advance type um, scenario. But can you see... uh, can you see how there's different ways of tackling this to overcome the letting agent's objections? Absolutely, yeah, 100%. Okay, so, you know, you've, you've got the property. Now, one of the things that I do always say to letting agents is that, you know, things are going well, but during the negotiating, before signing on the dotted line, I always say that I do source my corporate clients on Booking.com and Airbnb. Now this this might have come up. This might they might raise this. Oh, you're not going to be um, you know letting it on Airbnb or anything like that. Now the weird thing is that a lot of letting agents they've got an issue with Airbnb 
But if you mention Booking.com, they don't seem to mind Booking.com, a lot of them, which is a bit of a weird one. So we've got some properties that we've got from letting agents and we've said, OK, fine, we won't we won't um, advertise on Airbnb. Um, so we are advertising on Booking.com and they're good with that, which is just a bit weird because you can actually vet your guests and decide whether to have them or not on Airbnb, whereas Booking.com, when people book you, they book and they're coming. You know, it's difficult to say no. Um, but, yeah, we, I do say that, that we do source our corporate clients via Booking.com and Airbnb. And I will actually name drop different companies in the local area who booked us genuinely via Airbnb and Booking.com and say how long the bookings were for. And I'm more than happy for them to to reach out and contact these people themselves as well to to just reference this and to speak to the companies. Okay, so that's genuine. That's genuine social proof that you are sourcing corporate clients via Airbnb and Booking.com. And the reason why is because most people, most companies, they're 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 interested in SA as opposed to. Um, Hotels and they are going on to Airbnb and Booking.com in order to source their their long stay uh, bookings. So it's just a fact, and and you you would actually be nuts not to be advertising on those sites. So mention it to the agent. Now the reason I like to mention it to the agent is I don't want the agent retrospectively during the the tenancy, if you like, the company let for them to say, oh, we found out that it's being used on Airbnb or Booking.com, and um, we we didn't agree to that. So I definitely yeah. want it to be mentioned, to be raised, to be um, you know established beforehand. Okay, so those are all the main things. And and you know what? If they're then happy to proceed and go forward, as far as I'm concerned, that is the best way to do it. I, I see so many people just trying to deceive a letting agent and deceive a landlord, and all that you've created then is a situation where you're you're worried about the phone ringing. Is that going to be the letting agent saying that they've seen it on Airbnb? And I don't personally think that that's the right way to to conduct business, and it's not the the right way to feel you know um, safe and secure in your business. So I like to just get it all out in the open, being completely honest with the agent. And the way I see it is, if if you are completely upfront and honest with the agent and they know exactly how you operate and how you run your business, then you're going to get more deals from that agent. And that's the sort of agent that you want to be uh, working with. Now, I have realised that I've gone on, <laughs> Nuno, uh, for about half an hour now. And um, and the call is scheduled for half an hour. So uh, we're going to have to be wrapping up. No, no now, worries. I'm going to – you can ask me another another question um, and I'll answer it as briefly as I can. I haven't really got time to talk about um, sourcing via landlords, but that's that's another conversation. Maybe I'll cover that in another podcast, um, in another sort of interview. But is there anything really, really um, uh, sort of yeah. urgent that you'd like me to cover for you? Just, yeah, just a quick one. Should I buy or hire linen? Okay. Now, this buy or – Buy or hire linen. This is one of those, uh, it depends, because with anything in serviced accommodation, your due diligence needs to be getting quotes. Now, that's getting... Now, with everything, everything to do with setting up your serviced accommodation, you're establishing all your costs before you even 
part um, with any money, and that that's on broadband. That's that's on absolutely yeah. everything. Um, how much is your utilities going to be? The rent you put all your costs in. You you sort of do a prediction on on um, your nightly rate and how much occupancy you need in order to break even. So what's what's going to be profit? So you do all this um, due diligence. Now. When you get in your quotes in, you you might not have a company that does the different packages in your local area. So different companies, certain companies will let you hire from them and do the, the they will launder. So you can hire it from yeah. them and they'll launder it. Some companies, you've just got to buy it from them and do laundry. We actually found ourselves in a situation recently where we changed laundry suppliers. And we actually, it was weird because hiring and getting the same company to do the laundry ended up being cheaper than having bought it and bought yeah. all the laundry and then the cost of getting it laundered. So sometimes yeah. it can be cheaper to hire and get the laundry done. And, and launder, yeah. yeah. And it's simply yeah, yeah. a case of getting quotes in, Nuno, to be honest with you. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and it can be... <laughs> It's actually really, really difficult. I don't know if they do it on purpose, but the different uh, companies um, show their pricing in different ways, and and it can take somebody that's pretty good at, but <laughs> better than, at maths than me, to be trying to work out well how much is a typical property going to cost. So you've got to sort of try and sift through it and and yeah. try and arrive at a price at how much it is actually going to cost. You know, for the pillowcases, sheets, and and all the different items. Um, uh, towels that uh, you're going to need to get towels, laundered yeah. and factor it all in so get someone that's good at spreadsheets to to arrive at the conclusion and the other thing that i would be tempted to do is is um speak to different service accommodation operators in your town yeah. and ask for recommendations okay because okay, you yeah. might actually get recommendation of, of some a, a company that you didn't find when you googled it Okay, and now a good resource to use uh, because an awful lot of service combination operators are on there is the uh, Service Combination Network Facebook group. Um, and so you can put a post on, on there. And I recommend people do it, actually. Um, whatever you're looking for advice on or recommendations on, quite often post in that group and, uh, and then obviously uh, stipulate the area that you're interested in and you'll get advice. Now... Like anything on the internet, you when you get advice, it's always best to make an informed uh, decision and um, based on your own knowledge, you'll be able to filter any advice that you think is nonsense because um, a lot of people, if you just take advice blindly off Facebook, etc., then that can get you in a spot of bother as well. So I do advise getting, getting trained in service accommodation and then use these different resources, but based on, on having some good knowledge. So hopefully, Nuno, that was useful for you. Um, like I say, reverse engineering things um, yeah. is quite often the best way forward. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. That's been great. Thank you, Kevin. You're Absolutely. really, really welcome, Nuno. Really, really welcome. Um, so we did meet briefly at uh, a progressive event, didn't we? And, um, yeah. And so maybe we'll meet again. Maybe you'll, co you'll come along and... and uh, get some training perhaps anyone that is interested in in coming on uh sort of proper so sort of training uh yeah. with myself at progressive property then you just need to drop me a line um my facebook page is uh the kevin paneskis property soldier Don't so drop yeah. drop me a line on that and i'll put you in touch with uh progressive uh, we're often doing 
promotion, so people can often come on uh, Discovery Day that I I run on service combination, and I do actually it's a paid event, but quite often I I go out on networking events all the time, and people pay to come on my Discovery Days, and some of my team go out and do networking events, and people pay to come on my Discovery Days. But if you message me um, directly. And say you're interested in a discovery day, then I will get you on for free because obviously there we haven't got the the outlay of uh, traveling to networking events and and that expense etc. So I will allow people to come on for free, uh, you, and it's hosted at Progressive. So that's on us. So anyone interested in further training, then just let me know, and um, we'll we'll try and get you more education and, and get you going in in serviced accommodation. But thank you very much for the for this, uh, Nuno. I really appreciate you allowing this to be recorded for the podcast. So hopefully, I'll no, see you soon. You. No, thank you, Kevin. Thank you, really Nuno. Really thank you, and all the best. Take care. I'll miss you soon. Thank you very much, Nuno, and it's thank bad. you to you and for all of the listeners. Here is to your success in serviced accommodation. Thanks for listening to the Serviced Accommodation Property Podcast. If you have any suggestions on future content for this podcast, please message Kevin via his Facebook page, Property Soldier.